Hi, this is the Robberator, and you can support my mad grab for power and the Sword and Laser podcast by going to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. <laughs> Very important, Tom Merritt. Sword and I'm Laser announcer is a book person, club. Tom Merritt. But it's so much more. We bring you author <laughs> interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. That's right, Veronica. And <laughs> as we look out over the field of sword and laser competitors, uh, we're very excited uh, to be recording in the middle of the day, I guess. Is that why we have this weird energy? I don't know. I guess so. Yeah, we are. I, I have dinner plans tonight. Didn't. This is very exciting for someone with a toddler. <laughs> like a babysitter is coming to the house, and I'm going out into the world. With she blocked other out adults. the whole week to prepare. Yeah, yeah. Just like to rest up and to hydrate, <laughs> Get and to make sure yep. Yep. my brain's in a good place. Where are you um, going? We're going to a restaurant. Um, well, I a guess restaurant? it's okay if I tell I f- you now because no one's gonna like come find me tomorrow <laughs> when I'm already left. Uh, it's a restaurant up in Whistler uh, at the uh, the lodge at Nita Lake, I think. It's a really good restaurant. I had I ate there once and it was super good. Um, so I'm excited. Some friends are coming in from Seattle. They're, they're driving up. So yeah, should be a good time. Oh, you have American friends in town. That's nice. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I was getting my, my toenails done yesterday and I mentioned something about having lived in San Francisco and the nail tech goes, oh, are you American? And I was like, oh. I was like, oh, I was like, was I passing? Was I passing until I told you that? <laughs> That's always very exciting when they think you're Canadian until yeah. they find out otherwise. Yeah. And you yeah. you don't have the kind of accent that is, a, you know, like a mm-hmm. thick Boston accent or a deep South right. accent or something. So, yeah, you could you could be you could be just, a you know. Canadian. It's the, uh, I said y'all once and that mm, really yeah. tipped some people That'll off. Tip you off. They do sure. not say y'all here. Uh, and BC is, is good in the, in the part that, yep. Yeah, Coyote Brown says BC sounds like California. That's very true. It's more of a West coast accent. It's very international. There's a lot of people mm-hmm. who move here from different places. So it's not quite as intense as other, other provinces in that way. So yeah, depends on where you are, of course, but yeah, at least in the, on the Vancouver side of things. So I assume you're not eating a lot in advance of this dinner because you want to make the most of it, but <laughs> what are you nomming? You'd be surprised. So <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, um, but I have been doing the hot chocolate festival here in Squamish. Uh, it happens every February and there were uh, 23 vendors in 22 days mm. And so I have done every single one of them so far. Um, yes, thank you, Mark, for posting today's uh, today, <laughs> today's hot chocolate that I had this morning. But I actually have to double up today because, as I said, 23 vendors, 22 days. Uh, one day has to have two. And so tomorrow I'm actually driving down to the city to see a friend so I won't be able to get my, you know, do two in a day. Oh, uh-huh. um, so it has to be today. So I have to actually go right after this to go get my second hot <laughs> chocolate day. of the day yeah. so that I'm not like too full for dinner later. Mm-hmm. Um, this one comes with a donut though. So that's going to be a problem. Yeah. A lot of them come How with How is that a treats. problem? Because <laughs> I'm going to be, I'll save it for dessert. That, that's what I'll do. I'll mm, save it for later. Point. The donut yeah, part. Yeah. But it's been fun. So I've been going to all the different cafes and and restaurants that have been participating. And I don't think I'm definitely not the only one in town doing this, but there are not 
a lot of us that have done every single hot chocolate. Ah, um, yeah. So yeah, I'm feeling, you know, this is when you don't have a job, you know, you can really, <laughs> you can become a hot chocolate champion like Veronica. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to do a little like superlatives, uh, the day after tomorrow and do like best in category. Nice. Um, I love it. I don't want to say like my, who the best is or who the worst is, but I want to Give props to the people who yeah. have done some best edition of a donut, things. for example. Yeah, there are multiple. There oh, have been really? Multiple yeah. donuts. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. So that's real. You How moved to you? the right place. Yeah. Uh, for me, I well, in in truth, I just finished some Girl Scout cookies uh, as mm. a snack because my uh, my nieces, my my older niece in June is is a Girl Scout. Um, but for lunch, which we never get to talk about lunch, we're always recording closer to dinner. Uh, I had a Mexican Caesar salad. Ooh, that sounds good. Was it like a little bit, had a kick to it? It, I'm not sure exactly why it's called Mexican Caesar salad. Uh, it's just lettuce (laughs) croutons, some cheese, which I think is just Parmesan cheese. Uh, it's, it's one of those salad It's not even like crema fruit. Yeah, uh, it's not. Yeah, or, it's not creme fraiche or anything. I guess that wouldn't be creme fraiche. That would be French. It would no, be fresca. Uh, queso fresco. Queso fresco. Queso Thank fresca. You. Yeah. Um, it's not that. It's. It, it feel like it's just regular old uh, Parmesan cheese. Uh, but the dressing they give you, it, like I said, it's one of those little salad kits. The dressing has a little bit of spiciness. Not a lot. Let's be honest. If you like spicy mm-hmm. things, you're not going to think it's spicy. But it's different than the traditional Caesar salad dressing. So I, I guess it's the. It's the uh, it's the dressing that makes it a Mexican Caesar salad, but easy to make, healthy, um, vegetarian, I not even love, vegan. You know, so. well, it's not. Um, there's no, there's no, there's cheese. In the Caesar, there's no anchovy. Nope, it's a, because it's a Mexican Caesar salad. Mm. So there's. I freaking love Caesar salad. I things. love Caesar salad. Yeah, it's good, and you you eat fish, so you I would, do. You yeah, would, occasionally. You have a problem with that. Um, can you, can you, can you entertain yourselves for a moment while I pulled the shades down in my room? I don't know James, if you can cut see this out. Right <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys can't see we're on a zoom call though. And, uh, Veronica just burst into flames. She, uh, the, the sun, if I were a vampire, I'd be very dead right now. <laughs> the sun like turned a hard right corner and then just started shining into your window at full force. That was amazing. There's like a pillar. There's a pillar blocking, usually blocking it. And <laughs> a so pillar it got, of light. Yeah. This is well, what you, if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, that sounds good. Delicious. And I saw you had some really good, are those Korean baked lays or Korean No, lays? those were uh, Taiwanese, I think. Um, Taiwanese. Eileen okay. got those. Where did she really get those? I can't really see the bag. Um, I think she may have got them at H Mart, but yeah, they were, they were uh, Chinese or Taiwanese and they were bolognese flavored. It said, um, Pasta with meat flavor, I think. Is that what it says on there? I can't, mm-hmm. can't quite read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But I called them Bolin Lays. Um, Bolin Lays. <laughs> and, uh, That's great. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to read this. It's Italian red meat flavor uh, Lays. So that sounds right. We've I've been on a Dorito kick lately for D and D. Like every D and D, we get Doritos and and have. Um, that's why I'm a dwarf right now in our Discord because I'm too cheap to pay for Nitro. So I had to change my <laughs> avatar to be a dwarf um, for our remote session last night. Um, but I've been like I now I'm into the idea of like trying more like interesting Dorito flavors. And mm-hmm. I heard that there's some pretty good ones in Japan. So I don't, I'm not sure how I would find those locally or, or get them shipped to me, but 
That's my that's my next goal, post hot yeah. chocolate. Probably down in Vancouver, you've got Japanese grocery stores. That might be a good place to to check. I don't know if Mitsuo mm-hmm. Marketplace uh, does Canada. I know that they're a Japanese chain though, and they they're down here in California. So, oh. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they have them here. I've been to them in SoCal for sure. All right, let's talk about some science fiction and fantasy. Quick burns. Oh, my friends, we, we do have some quick burns to get to and we will get to them. But the big news is the March Madness brackets are out uh, for our maddening March tournament. Uh, so we have selected, based on your nominations as guidance, 16 books, eight sword, eight laser. Uh, and the matchups are available right now for you to vote on. Uh, the brackets are live at challenge.com. If you want to make predictions, you can actually make predictions of who you think will win up until I put in the first results, which will be next mm-hmm. Monday. Uh, so get in there and vote on the Goodreads uh, polls uh, to decide who wins each matchup. The winner of each matchup the next week will then go on to be put in a poll against the winner of another matchup until we only have two left. And then the winner of that last poll becomes the pick uh, Veronica, would, should we uh, should we go through and give them a preview of the brackets? Sure, very excited. So uh, let's see. I can do some of these fantasy ones. Uh, so match one is going to be the Black Company by Glenn Cook versus the Steerswoman by Rosemary Kirstein. Match two is Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies by Heather Fawcett versus the Dreaming of Ah, uh, sorry, the City of Dreaming Books by Walter Moores. Match three is Just Stab Me Now by Jill Barrup uh, versus The Spear Cuts Through Water by Simon Jimenez. And match four is Dungeon Crawler Carl by Matt Dimiman. Dimiman? Dimiman versus The Blue Sword by Robin McKinley. Uh, I've got the book jacket copy if we wanted to give people previews of this, or is that too much? Oh, you can do previews if you want. Yeah. yeah I okay. Don't know. okay. So the you black those? black company by Glenn Cook. Uh, some feel the lady newly risen from centuries in thrall stands between humankind and evil. Some feel she is evil herself. The hard bitten men of the black company take their pay and do what they must, bearing their doubts with their dead until the prophecy. Now that's up against the steerswoman. Fascinated by the opalescent and perfectly smooth jewels, clearly no natural product, Rowan Rowan pursues the secret of their origin, a quest that leads her to secretive wizards who kill without compunction. Black Company's from 1984, Steerswoman from 1989. Gosh, I feel like I've heard about Black Company for so long, but I guess that's because it's been out almost my entire life. (laughs) Uh, Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies, a curmudgeonly professor journeys to a small town in the far north to study fairy folklore and discovers dark fae magic, friendship, and love in the start of a heartwarming and enchanting new fantasy series from Heather Fawcett 2023 against The City of Dreaming Books by Walter Moores. The author of 13 and a Half Lives of Captain Blue Bear transports us to a magical world. Optimus Yarn Spinner finds himself marooned in the subterranean world of Bookholm, the city of dreaming books where reading can be dangerous, where ruthless book hunters fight to the death, circa 2004. Hmm. Okay. So those are up against each other. Uh, Then we have Just Stab Me Now, Jill Bearup. 
a desperate mother, a dubious escort, and a deranged author who won't leave them alone. <laughs> uh, this is based on her uh, fantasy heroine YouTube shorts, by the way. Uh, so this is from February 5th, 2024. This is the, I think, the newest one in the tournament. Uh, up against the Spear Cuts Through Water by Simon Jimenez, two warriors shepherd an ancient god across a broken land to end the tyrannical reign of a royal family in this new epic fantasy from the author of The Vanished Birds. Cool. <laughs> uh, and then we I'm got, trying not to put too much I don't yeah. want to put too much weight on anything so I can't say like that sounds amazing you know because I don't want to impact no if you're if you're a sports commentator though you do you do some kind of like touch ma- tough matchup you've got a strong fantasy element there uh, against an innovative new approach <laughs> or I don't know something like that <laughs> uh, well this is why I don't do that there you go as a career uh, dungeon crawler Carl by Matt Dineman, a man, mm-hmm. his ex-girlfriend's cat, a sadistic game show unlike anything in the universe, a dungeon crawl where survival depends on killing your prey in the most entertaining way possible, circa 2020. And then The Blue Sword by Robin McKinley. This is the story of Korloth, golden-eyed king of the free hill folk, son <laughs> of the sons of Lady Arryn, 1982. That doesn't say what anything what that's about. It kind of doesn't describe the book at all. Felicia recommended Dungeon Crawler Crawler Dungeon Crawler Carl to me a mm-hmm. while back. So that's that's cool. I think she recommended that when we had her on the show talking about Third Eye. Actually, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, it yeah. is the fifth seed overall in the tournament and the third seed in the in the sword bracket behind the Black Company and Just Stab Me Now. Um. All right, to to the science fiction, Vita Nostra uh, by Marina Jachenko, Marina and Sergei Jachenko, uh, the definitive English language translation of the international best-selling Ukrainian novel, a brilliant dark fantasy with the potential to be a modern classic, says Lev Grossman, combining psychological mm-hmm. suspense, enchantment, and terror that makes us consider human existence in a fresh and provocative way. Um, definitely uh, going to get some attention because it's Ukrainian, but it sounds like it's a great book uh, nonetheless. It's so funny. I had a copy of that book for years. Oh, really? Um, they sent it to me as an arc, and I, I gave it away before I moved. <laughs> but it did look very intriguing. I just never had a chance to read it. It's got a tough fight, though. It's up against the second seed in the tournament, number one seed in the laser, the Ministry for the Future, Kim Ooh. Stanley Robinson. Established in 2025, the purpose of the organization was simple, to advocate for the world's future generations and protect living creatures present and future. It soon became known as the Ministry for the Future. And this is its story. This is a big book. That is, uh, this is a that big is book, a, right? Everybody's it's talking. A, it's a big one. It's it's physically large and also uh, <laughs> and also, and um, also emotionally yeah. large. And Kim and Stanley stress- Robinson is in every climate change interview being asked about, well, yes. how does this compare to your book, The Ministry of the Future? And he's like, well, hopefully it doesn't, <laughs> except in the good ways. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Then we've got Shades of Grey, Jasper Ford. Hundreds of years in the future, the world is an alarmingly different place. Life is lived according to the rule book, and social hierarchy is determined by your perception of color. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, that's 2009. Hmm. Uh, against Some Desperate Glory by Emily Tesh. All her life, Kier has trained for the day she can avenge the murder of planet Earth. 
Raised in the bowels of Gaia Station alongside the last scraps of humanity, she readies herself to face the wisdom, the all-powerful reality-shaping weapon that gave the Mahoda their victory over humanity. Nice. That one okay. is 2023. So that's what happens if we don't pay attention to Kim Stanley Robinson. <laughs> I know. It'd be, it'd be kind of neat if they went head-to-head yeah, you know, yeah. and, down, and they, further down the if bracket. If they both win, they would because they, right. they are right next to each They're other. They're next, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, the other two brackets here. Empire of Silence by Christopher Rocchio. Hadrian Marlowe, a man revered as a hero and despised as a murderer, chronicles his tale in the galaxy-spanning debut of the Sun Eater series, merging the best of space opera and epic fantasy. I think it might be Rocchio because I, um, I had a friend named Rocchio and it was just R-O-C-C-H-I-O. That makes so maybe sense. Maybe this is Christopher Rocchio. Rocchio. Yeah. Um, yeah, this could have been in either bracket, actually. Um, mm-hmm. It is up against Cordelia's Honor by Lois McMaster Bujold, uh, previously published edition. Uh, in her first trial by fire, Cordelia Naismith captained a throwaway ship of the Benton Expeditionary Force on a mission to destroy an enemy armada. Discovering deception within deception, treachery within treachery, she was forced into a separate peace with her chief opponent, Lord Errol Vorkosigan. He who was oh. called the Butcher of Kumar. The Vorkosigans. Ah, the saga continues. The return of the Vorkosigans. And then our final, uh, our final battle is The Venerable Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy <laughs> by Douglas Adams, which we've never read. Uh, seconds before the Earth is demolished to make way for a galactic freeway, Arthur Dent is plucked off the planet by his friend Ford Prefect, a researcher for the revised edition of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, who, for the last 15 years, has been posing as an out-of-work actor. That is up against She-Wolf and Cub. Uh, Ever since they gave her a new cyborg body and a steady stream of murderous work, she's known the rules. Keep your head down, do your job, don't get involved. (laughs) Then they sent her to assassinate a child. Instead, she took oh, him boy. out of the city and into the waste. Okay, the cover for this that Mark just posted in chat looks dope. I know we're not supposed to like judge a book by its cover, but sometimes that looks you got badass. Yeah, sometimes yeah, you can just yeah. judge the cover. I think that's fair. Anyway, those mm-hmm. are the brackets for Sword and Laser 2024. Make your predictions at challenge.com. We have a link to that on swordandlaser.com. Just look for the March Madness uh, words at the top. Uh, and then do your voting on Goodreads. You can find that link on the same page. And we are not voting. Tom and I don't vote unless there is a tie. Unless there's a tie. Broken. Yeah. And then then we fight if we don't agree. And we fight to the death. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sweet, so exciting. Yeah. This always goes, this goes a lot faster than we always expect it to. So yeah, yeah. we already, we just launched this, uh, on Tuesday morning. Uh, we already have like 160, 170 votes on, on these different polls. We should send out, we should send out a notice on Goodreads. Like do a, mm-hmm. a, a good reads post. Rob sent to everybody. Uh, Rob sent the oh, newsletter. Rob did it. Rob did it. Thanks um, so Rob. We're good. Yeah. Thank you, Rob. I, I totally knew that. I totally, I totally, I totally, I knew that. I'm sorry. But we should do it for the later rounds too. That's a good point. Uh, All right. Into the rest of the quick hits, quick burns. Seth says, Susan Cooper, author of Spooky Fantasy Kids book, is the Science Fiction Writers Association's newest grandmaster. Congratulations. I'm not very familiar with her, um, but this looks, this looks great. Always nice to have new perspectives. Susan Cooper. Big, big time. Big time. Congrats. 
Uh, Seth and Jason Reeds both said Ryan Reynolds' production company is working on an adaptation of Scalzi's latest, and that's going to be Starter Villain, uh, if you're not familiar, uh, which is <laughs> getting a lot of great reviews. I mean, it's it's been a really big book. It was on the bestseller list, um, and to have a production company like that pick it up, I mean, it's it's going to be a funny book. It's a Scalzi book. I haven't read it yet myself. Sorry, Scalzi. Um, but, you know, it's it's having Ryan Re- Ryan. Bleh. Ryan Reynolds in there would, would make it pretty, pretty special, I think too. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and then a triple of Seth, uh, Seth says, apparently the Martian is already 10 years old, which makes me feel pretty ancient. You and me both, Seth. Anyway, for the anniversary, Andy Weir wrote a bit more about Mark Watney's journey around the dust storm and released it as the lost souls spelled S O L S. Uh, and you can find them at galactonet.com slash lost souls.pdf. And it's cool because they're really just <laughs> written like a word document. Like these are like these are are notices that you've yeah. that have been copied off of the the reports from NASA or something. It's it's pretty cool. And yeah. it's I think if you've loved that book and want to return to that world, this is a super good way of getting back into it. It's like the literary version of found footage, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. That's great. That's a great way of putting it. And then Terp Christen says there's some great journalism out now about how the 2023 Hugo Awards and the censorship involved. It's pretty damning. Uh, Scalzi has thoughts on it, too. And yeah, I read uh, Scalzi's blog post about this maybe a week ago, um, and then the New York Times actually picked it up. And and man, if you were if you were... Uh, Dave, uh, from previous podcast discussions, uh, reading these articles and, and comments, you're, you're not feeling too good about <laughs> how this all went down. No, um, no. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's a, there's still not a lot of, there were some leaked emails. Um, one of the, one of the members of the steering committee, uh, leaked some emails and came forward with those to, because she wanted her conscience to, to be clean in the matter in any way that she could figure out how to do. And so it is, like you said, pretty damning. Um, Terp Christen is, that's what you said. Um, and, but there's still no real clear understanding of who made these decisions and why I think, well, we know who made the decision, but we don't really know why was China directly involved. Was it preemptive to try to prevent China from getting angry? What were the conditions under, why some things were disqualified versus others. Um, and as Scalzi noted, I think it's just really sad that now there's an asterisk on mm-hmm. the winners of that year's Hugos who were all deserving nominees, by the way. Like there's there's no doubt about that, but yeah, it it's must, an argument yeah. about who was left off, not arguments yes. about who was included. But if you're a winner that year, it must mm-hmm. feel, you know, you just never know. Yeah. Um, and that's the that's the the really crappy part, I think. Um, I don't have too much well, to add. Well, it's all really crappy parts. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. I guess that's not the most crappy part, but there's, yeah, it's one of them for sure. I don't have too much to add to that or what we talked about last time. Uh, it mm-hmm. does seem like if you as a reasonable reader could look at what's being said and go, well, I bet this happened, or it seems pretty clear to me that that happened. That is fine. It's your privilege as a private person to make whatever speculation you want. Uh, if you are trying to get at the truth and responsibly explain to people, which is the position that I usually feel I'm in uh, doing a podcast, I, I'm with you. There's 
there's not a lot of things we can be sure of. There's a lot of things that look bad. There's a lot of things that you can go like probably, but there's not a lot of definitely. There's not a lot of certainly. And the one thing that I feel comfortable saying is China, I think, is misunderstood by some people in that most of its censorship is through chilling effect these days. You don't you don't have the Chinese government wading in and shutting things down that often. When they do, it makes headlines and like China stop people from posting Winnie the Pooh on Weibo or whatever, right? But most of the time, it's do you really want to do that? You know, they they never banned time travel stories, but the word got out that time travel stories weren't really looked upon favorably by the people upstairs, maybe approved different kinds of stories for television. This is something I know from following Chinese and Korean dramas. Uh, Mm. And so they just stopped making times. They never had to pass a law. They never had to tell anybody. It just, you knew. And so knowing that's how China works, I can understand where there might be some people saying, well, look, we don't want to give in a conflict, especially because we're in China right now. Yeah. So yeah. let's play it safe, you know, and and not not rock the boat. And you might have some advisors around going, you know, that slate is there. Are you sure that should be adopted? You know, not telling you not to, but, you know, highly implying that maybe. Uh, you you want to keep it off the ballot or whatever. That's how things work. And so the lack of transparency isn't just on the Hugo side. It is also yeah. on the side of China, uh, which makes it worse because you're probably never going to get that side uh, of the story at all. And there might be situations where there was never anything to point to. There was just like, well, we kind of know if we don't do this, it's going to be trouble. Yeah, and I think you're right, and I think we probably are never going to know, uh, mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of, okay, now we are just looking for more transparency, more understanding of yeah. how these decisions get made moving forward. Definitely. Um, so that is a good thing to come out of this, uh, yeah. but it just is too bad that it had to happen this way. And as we said last time, who would have guessed if you <laughs> did something in China <laughs> who could have known? that this would happen? Uh I think it does point to the need to, you know, if you were to try to do this again, like maybe you do it in Hong Kong, maybe you do it in Macau, somewhere that's not mainland China, uh, you still want to make it very clear before you sign anything, uh, hey, guess what? This is how the Hugos work. And we have these transparency rules in place that we cannot violate. And so slates can't be affected and we won't be this and that which might cause you not to be able to host it there. But it's better to not host the uh, the convention somewhere than to run into this again. And so yep. I'm with you. This, this is a very unfortunate, and there will always be an asterisk in people's minds, if not on paper. Uh, and, and there's nothing we can do about that now except to not to take measures to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, Dicato and Jan say uh, there is a press release on Business Wire titled "Iwat and Disruptive Join Forces as Truth Source to Unleash AI Magic on the Wheel of Time. And I need Tom to decipher the press release. Help. <laughs> uh, I was happy to do this for Jan. I posted it on Goodreads. Uh, I looked at that, that press release. Uh, my summary of it is 
A company that uses number ones instead of the letter I in its name created a chatbot <laughs> trained on the Wheel of Time series. It will come to the web, Android, and iOS and have a freemium model, which uh, if you don't, don't know what that means is it's free to use, but there'll be certain functions you can't get unless you pay for them. Thank you for that clarity. <laughs> I, I appreciate it as well. Um, and then finally, Terp Kristen says, uh, I'm sorry, Jason B says, uh, Alien will be adapted for a children's book. Um, I feel uncomfortable by this. Uh, <laughs> what is going on? It's uh, A oh is for gosh. Alien, an ABC book. A lighthearted a reimagining alien. of the iconic movie Alien that will delight fans, young and old. A golden book. All right. It's a golden okay. book. That's so good. Golden slash Disney echoed the film's famous tagline in its description of the book writing in space. No one can hear you giggle as you read this little <laughs> golden book featuring the characters from the classic movie Alien. <laughs> Uh, as uh, Kirkus Reviews very rightly put it, uh, Michael Schaub, contributing writer, A is for Alien, an ABC book, will start haunting children's dreams July 9th, 2024. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> oh, this is definitely oh what I'm getting gosh. you for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. You know, remember my um my friend Abe, Abe the Alien mm-hmm. from Dragon Con? Yep. Yeah. You know, I never, I've never, he never called me, <laughs> never called me back after we had such a passionate mouth part touching, um, at, the, at that uh, dragon con. And, and you did have a baby that didn't burst out of your, your gut on its own, right? I did. Yeah. I did. Okay. I did. So it's not his. So it's, it's not definitely his. not his. Cause that's it's how you would his. know for sure. Yeah. 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 He'd be a little bit older as well, but you probably know, who's well, counting. Who, yeah, who's counting? Who knows how these things gestate? Exactly. I have no idea how long yeah. the alien humid gestation period is. Uh, so Jan says I'm moving content. I'm missing context. It seems, Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's fine. Things happen that's at dragon fine. con. You know. What happens at DragonCon stays at DragonCon unless it uh, somehow parasitically <laughs> uh, moves into your upper torso. Yeah, as as they say. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. Is it time for Bear Your Sword? This is your job. Why am I taking it? It is time for Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Tomahome just apropos of nothing, uh, threw out in response to last week's podcast or the last podcast. If Rebecca Yaros and Sarah J. Moss had a fight, who would win? Okay, I feel I feel qualified to uh, to answer this question. Um, it depends. Is it an is it a fist fight, like a mm, fight fight, or is mm-hmm. it a sexy pillow fight? Because I think those two things might have different outcomes. I can't imagine. Well, I can see. You know, Fourth Wing certainly has fist fights. So I was about to say I, pretty... I would imagine it wouldn't be a fist fight, but maybe I should take that back. Both, um, both. Okay. So, so I've only read the Akatar series, so I haven't read all of Sarah J. Mass's books, um, at this point, I, though I think probably by the next two months I will have done so <laughs> potentially I'm burning through them pretty quickly. Um, I think Sarah J. Mass would win on both counts in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. I think her, her fight scenes, her battle scenes are better. Um, and I think her sexy times are also better. That's just my opinion. Opinion of one. Yeah, I haven't read Sarah J. Maas, so I didn't know. I didn't know that the fight scenes were that good. That's 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 good to hear. So at least would be it would it would be a fight in scale. Uh-huh. I think in, in they're bigger in scale for mm-hmm. sure, and I think they're the descriptions and the the stakes. I think are also higher 
I'm disappointed that it's not a triangle, Tamahome. <laughs> Just, I, yeah, I can come up with some authors that we yeah, can put in that I think triangle. We need a third, I think we need a third option here to really fulfill the romanticy requirements. But you know who I think really would win? The reader. Love. 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 <laughs> love wins all. Love. That's great. I appreciate, I appreciate you. Uh, Jan says, uh, I had to live for two weeks on protein shakes without anything else before a stomach operation to reduce the size of my liver. Uh, so there was more room for the surgeon and while protein shakes are not as bad anymore, it soured those shakes for me. Yeah. I can see that. Sour shakes. Not good. You don't want that. You don't want that. Um, yeah, I had, I had another shake for lunch in a sense I planned to have a unsensible dinner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's uh, that's a good preparation for an unsensible dinner. Um, I, yeah, I I don't I don't want to have to live on protein shakes, but you know, if you have to, you have to, Jan. So I'm glad you're doing well now, and I hope Me you never too. have to do that again. Same, 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 same. Uh, all right, we are not going to wrap anything up, so no spoilery stuff coming. But we are going to give you advance notice of our March pick. It's a little bit early for that, but with March Madness stuff going on, we we tried to square it away a little earlier this week. So um, maybe we'll do a full full kickoff next time. But Iron Widow by Xiran J Zhao is our pick. Uh, it has a trigger warning at the beginning. Uh, which, which I find that I'm like, that's the way it should be handled. The author should say at the very beginning, Hey, these are things you need to be aware of. Uh, but it definitely is one where you need to look up the trigger warnings. Uh, if that is something you are concerned about, uh, it is also a TikTok book, like one of those oh. books that's super popular on TikTok, which caused a few negative reactions in our discord, like oh, TikTok. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, to which I say, we don't read TikTok book talk picks all the time. Uh, or I would be like, yeah, we should, we should venture a field, but I think it's important to check in and be like, all right, so what's hot in this corner of the world, uh, as much as possible. I think we could do better at going wider, but picking a TikTok book, I think is important. Like, okay, what, what is Gen Z into and what, what are younger writers, uh, writing than, you know, the classics that, that we read sometimes. So I, I think this will be a good read. And I will say, because I've already finished it, because uh, I was reading it before oh, we picked it. You already finished it? I was reading it before we picked it. So um, oh. it is something that some of you, especially maybe some older readers, maybe maybe not older readers, maybe older is, but I'm going to guess older readers, uh, are going to think, are going to roll your eyes. And you're going to think, oh, okay, so it's pushing that agenda. Keep with <gasps> it. Keep with it. Mm. It is more complex than you're going to want to give it credit for. Uh, so I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a really good read for the purpose of this book club of widening your perspectives. I think a lot of folks in our audience are going to be like, Oh no, I love this perspective from the beginning. Uh, I think that's true too. But, but yeah, there, I saw some comments in the discord. They're like, Oh yeah. In the first couple of chapters, you're going to keep thinking that, but you need to, you need to, you need to stick with it. Okay. Stay I had no on idea. their lawn is what I'm saying. All right. All right. Yeah. I had no idea that it was a book talk, like a book talk pick. Yeah. I didn't either. I threw it out there because I found it on uh, websites like, you know, best books so far of 2024. And then I guess maybe the reason it made that list is somebody's like, oh yeah, this is the hot thing on TikTok. So it's that too. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, and I never talked about what it's about, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, that's good. <laughs> Iron Widow is set... 
in a sort of modernized medieval-y China. Uh, so in some ways it's very medieval China, but they also have meccas <laughs> and, uh, and a lot of technology. Uh, and that gets explained in the course of the book. Some of it not fully explained till the very end. Uh, but there are these aliens that are attacking and they are uh, requiring pilots to pilot these mechas to fight them because the aliens are kind of kaiju-like. Uh, and the pilots of the mechas are all men and they must be paired with a concubine in order to successfully pilot the mecha. Uh, but the concubines don't tend to survive. And our hero uh, is trying to get revenge for her sister, who was killed as a concubine and so becomes a concubine herself. Uh, it is also a kind of metaphorical retelling of the historical figure of Empress Wu, the, the, the first uh, female emperor of China. So those are, mm. those are all uh, things to consider uh, when you read Iron Widow by Xiran Jie Zhao. Fabulous. Okay, good. I just bought the Audible version. So I'll be listening to that on my drive down to the border tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Jane the Geek is like, no, wait, nope, not okay with all men pilots. Just keep reading. Keep reading. <laughs> Stick keep with reading. it. <laughs> awesome. And we were, we, I'll be fair, we were supposed to wrap up um, our book pick for this month, Shadow of the Gods by John Gwynn. Um, but I did not finish it on time. So that's on me. So if you were waiting, excited for a spoilery wrap up today, uh, unfortunately we'll have to wait for the next episode, but it's a short month. So maybe, maybe other people are not quite ready to, to yeah. talk about it in that Give way yet either. Yeah. But let's do a couple of, um, couple of conversations about it. Uh, Laszlo Jampf over on discord said, drink every time stew is consumed. There is a spray of arterial blood or something is, <laughs> this made me laugh so hard. <laughs> something is measured in units of mead halls. Oh man. Uh, your thought cage will get obliterated if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> Stew gets consumed a lot. I hadn't thought about that. And then measured in units of mead halls is hilarious. That's really well, yeah. really well. Yeah. Done. So like, you know, my, my, to the dog park across the street is like approximately like, 1.5 meat halls. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like less than two meat halls away from the grocery store here. It's very walkable. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. And you're, you're like approximately one thirty thirty second 32nd height of a meat hall. <laughs> Is that right? I guess so. I don't know. I'm just yeah. making that up. I have no yeah, idea. It's probably, it's probably close. Just making assumptions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a big, that's a big meat hall, but still, or maybe yeah. not. I don't know. I don't what really truly know the scale <laughs> of them. What is a standard? I don't know what the conversion rate mm -hmm. to a meat hall is. Are we is talking in, metric or imperial meat hall? That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's very confusing. Uh, and then Ian Bertram said, I am being driven to distraction by the use of ye olden days language scattered <laughs> through the book, which I assume is for world building. Why use sax instead of knife? Not everyone is reading digital books. This smacks of an author slash academic showing off rather than making it readable. I'm not making fun of place names, but using old words for commonplace items rather than the obvious modern word. Get off yeah, Ian's yeah. lawn with your short knife. It's world building. I mean, I think I think he's right in that regard. I think sometimes uh, I think it is a very specific thing. It means a very specific thing. Like a like a sax probably means a very 
specific kind of knife. There's you know? someone halfway through writing the difference between a knife and a sax right now to us. So please right continue that email and we'll read it on the next show. Um, and I do appreciate, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting who posted it in Goodreads or Discord, but they posted the, uh, pronunciation guide to a number of the names Oh yeah, or like how to say the, uh, the vowels in the book. Um, so that was very helpful. So I, I'm still, I don't think I'm doing it appropriately in my, in my thought cage, like at the time that I'm actually reading, but hopefully by the time we do the wrap up, I'll have locked down some of the pronunciations. Yeah, the audiobook is really helpful uh in this particular case. Mm. Uh I'll I'll double down on what I said last time. This this book's doorway is world building. That is the biggest door. It is not the only door, but it's it's very much a world building doorway. And it sounds like Ian is maybe kind of a writing style doorway person and that that door isn't uh, isn't as wide open in this particular book. Um at least unless you're into this style, I guess, because that, that's where the doorways thing starts to get complicated. But it is clearly like like world solidly building. about world building. Should we just for people who may be new to the show kind of double click on on sorry. Sorry. Wow. Project manager. Sorry. Wow. Sorry. 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 <laughs> um, can Canadian we just <laughs> go back to what doorways are and, and why you're talking about doorways? Yes, that's a good point. And I let's, should, uh, let's quickly type up what we're talking about. <laughs> Let me find the name of, uh, the, the person, the, the librarian that came up with the doorways, uh, because I, always get, I always remember it right, but I always am afraid mm-hmm. I'm not going to remember it right. So Nancy Pearl, uh, came up with the four doors to reading. Yes. And the, the idea is that not every book is enjoyed the same way by everyone because people have different way things that they enjoy more out of a story. Uh, and this is not meant to be like definitive, like you are only a, a setting person and therefore you can never like any other book or anything. Uh, it's, it's more complex than that, but I think it's a good heuristic to understand why maybe you love a book and somebody you else, you, who you otherwise respect hates the same book. Uh, the four doors are story or plot character, uh, the people in the book setting, which is world building or language. And that's the style, the, the writing style. Uh, mm. and so you may have a different, you know, doorway for different stories, or you may be someone who's like, man, my biggest doorway is always character and then story. Uh, and setting and language, they all matter so much for me. Uh, on the other hand, you may be someone's like, no, no world building that that's my jam. And then character and the story, you know, that's fine. It doesn't have to be that, that, that big. Um, but I love this because it shows why we disagree about books so often. And it also shows that like, there isn't a great book. You can't just objectively say this book is great. It's a bell curve, you know, and something that doesn't meet any of these doors very well. That's a bad book. Something that like kills on all four doors. That's like, I don't know, James Joyce or something like, like that, almost, that. That almost feels impossible. But it feels like, pretty impossible, be, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty impossible. But in the middle are people who do different doors well. And, and so some people are going to like those and some people aren't. Uh, just as a side note, uh, Licorice says uh, what I should have said was, Let's not boil the ocean on doorways. We can take actionable items and put them on the back burner. Just focus on the low hanging fruit at this point. Yeah. Read doorways. We can circle back later. Yeah. Let's let's uh, that. take yeah. that offline because I'm out of we'll pocket take that for offline. the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, that's <laughs> the end of the show. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, our show is currently entirely funded by you, our patrons. If you want to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email, feedback at swordandlaser.com. We are on Instagram, X, and Mastodon, and threads at Sword and Laser. And all of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser or on our Discord. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Audio program so good, it's like you're there!